Father, we just thank and we praise You that You are the one that can illumine us, that, Lord, You can reveal Your Word, Your heart, both to our spirit and, and to our mind to enable us to form and even put into words the right things to say. We thank and we praise You for that, O Hymn, and we thank You, Lord, that when we're ready and willing to receive, that, Lord, You don't disappoint. And so, Father God, I thank You and I praise You that as we prepare to hear Your Word today, that our ears will be anointed to hear, and I'll have words anointed to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Man, I tell you what, that's a, that, old, that old hymn says it in such an awesome way. And I, I know it says it in King's English and all that jazz. I mean, that's not exactly the, the modern style that, that uh, some like, but man, I, the words of that song, if, if we could just live that, you know, I mean, if we had the, if we can have the, the spirit of the Lord speaking and 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 uh, in that way, you know, that it fits. It's interesting. Uh, you can turn to Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. Uh, <laughs> Dakota didn't know that that was my one of my scriptures that I had. Uh, Mom didn't know that whenever she picked out that song uh, to to fit. But this is the way the Holy Spirit works whenever we uh, are willing to allow Him to speak into our lives. And, you know, one of the things that Dakota's testimony uh, shared, and and, uh, and he was trying to, I know, in the, it's always hard to compress it. In fact, get that word ready, because I'm going to need to be gone. You can preach for me uh, one week here before long, and uh, I don't know when, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you Just get it ready, and then I'll let you know. Uh, but but that, is, that is the type of thing... That doesn't come just by accident. That doesn't come as a once-in-a-while thing. That comes as a result of being obedient. And I, like I told him, I said, your willingness to be obedient in the small things, in the written word, in the things that are easy and obvious, and, and, being, and developing a quickness to learn and to receive and to obey puts us in a position for God to... to he wash over us. It was his, his, uh, but just come to light in just that way so that it's clear that he's speaking to us. I, I've been doing my morning Bible study on high call uh, on this verse all, all week, last week, but I wanted to go here today because I've called this shaped by the word. And I can just tell you, you know how I talk about words being so important, what we say uh, to others being tremendously important. Uh, what we hear from others is tremendously important. And words are shaping us all the time. What, what words are going to be, the, what voices, what places of influence, things of influence are going to speak into your life and determine uh, how you're going to live. The Word of God, and I'm and I going to use the Amplified Translation. I didn't bring mine. I just had him put it up on, on the screen there because this is the, the Amplified just brings a lot more words in to, to bring the understanding. But he says, for the Word of God, the Word, well, that's the way the, the regular translations write, read it, but for the Word that God speaks. See, he's talking about the Word of God. When we, when we read, uh, read it from the NIV, we read it from the New King James, for the Word of God, or the Word that God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now just pause there for a minute and, and collect or think about all the thought of, of that, that Word and, and what it's meaning there. It makes it active. 
See, the Word of God is living, alive, it's active, and, and it's working in our lives. When, when we allow the written Word the, the, to uh, begin to be active in our life, then God's speaking in line with it. It'll always line up with the Word. He doesn't just talk to us out here somewhere outside of that. But I, I've told you examples in my life where, you know, I'm driving uh, when, we were, when we were ranching full-time before I started ministry when I was very young, um, you know, be driving, getting ready to leave the shop, headed across to, to do something, and, and there'd just be this thought, grab a chain or grab a grab a, the fence stretchers or, or grab something. And, you know, I'd go, ah, yeah, I don't need fence stretchers. And then I get five miles from the house, and what do I need? The fence stretchers. So some of the, the greatest identifier or the clearest way that we learn to hear God's voice and follow those little leadings is when we miss it. Because it's obvious. Sometimes when you just obey, you don't realize for sure. But when we develop that as a habit, see, the, the Word of God begins to be alive in our lives. Not just that written Word, but that, that speaking Word or that, that allowing the Holy Spirit to direct us through the Word of God. And obviously, again, He's not telling us to do things that are contrary to the Word of God. That's why we first learn to follow God by what's easily written. Walk in love. Walk in forgiveness. Uh, you know, don't get into uh, silly arguments. Uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of little words that we can apply on, a, and and we'll and we'll always miss it. We're always going to be growing in that, right? It's not something that we're going to just one day decide we're going to do, and it's all good. I mean, I'm I'm pretty perfect. My wife needs a lot of work. Now, as you know, y'all know that that's not right. We, we, we are growing in that. She had to go downstairs to take care of the kid, some of the kids so I can pick on her. But, but we're all in a process of working to get better in following God's voice. It's active. It's uh, operative. It's energizing. Man, I tell you what, it was, it was energizing to hear the Word of God, to, for it to speak in your lives. Uh, forget two, two weeks ago, I think it was, somebody called, texted me later on and said, man, that Word was exactly for me. Now, it was cool because I, that, that was encouraging to me because I didn't feel like I did a very good job. Uh, sometimes I'm, you know, kind of critical about what, you know, myself after reevaluating it, going back over. Anyway, this person said that, and it was exactly what they needed in that moment. See, but that energized them in their walk because it spoke to them in that moment. But see, here's the thing. It's not that I'm that crafty, that smart, that... Uh, good at what I do without the, the Word of God speaking, but as we take the Word of God and we're willing, like the song said, open my ears when we've said, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your direction. I want to receive and be, learn to be obedient. When we put ourselves in that place, then it begins to be active, operative, energizing, and effective. And the Word of God working in my life like that causes, us, causes you and I to be more like God, more like Christ. It causes us to walk in the blessing of God. It, it enables us to, to, to navigate things that the rest of the world navigates in a totally different, uh, totally different mindset. We're all dealing with a lot of stuff on an everyday basis, but when we have the help of the Holy Spirit and, we, and the help of the Word of God, when the Word of God is living and active in our lives, it, it, it gives us an ability to, to walk through things that others walk through and struggle. You know, uh, from from parenting, you know, I, I listen. I know how some of your, you know, you're in these times and these seasons where these kids are, you know, stretching you. 
They're, they're, they're at the end of, of what you know to do, or, or they're, they're a challenge at times. And uh, I can just tell you that, that he the help from God is, is very helpful. And you know, when they're little, it seems overwhelming. But trust me, they get bigger. And there's more things to deal with. <laughs> You're like, oh, great. No, there, there's times, but you know what? Here's the thing. God knows exactly what we need, and He's, and he's working. When we're, when we're willing to allow Him into our life and His Word to become active in it, in it He'll begin to prepare us like, like Dakota was talking about. That could have been a very volatile conversation, could have ruined his day, could have had a whole lot of things. I mean, he, I, I knew enough about it to know that. But see, God prepared him. See, God can prepare us. It's amazing. He can help us to anticipate. I don't know about you, but I, I, I like to anticipate. I'm, I'm working all the time to be prepared where this church is concerned, where ministry is concerned, where the cattle, where our cattle business is concerned. I am, I'm ant anticipating, preparing the best I can. And, and if I can allow the Word of God to be active and effective and energizing my life and, and be uh, operative in my life, then that's going to happen. The, he goes on there, he says, sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of breath of life soul. So he, he separates our soul and the immortal spirit and of the joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. You know, when, when God begins to uh, divide out and separate, he, he gives us that ability to really analyze our heart. You know, uh, I, I can relate it back to uh, when Sue and I were first married and, and I was uh, arguing my point, going, going into our conversations about, uh, you know, whatever it, whatever it would be. When I went to God, it was amazing how when I began to pray, my prayer shifted and changed as I yielded to God and allowed God to direct my prayer. Because it was amazing what God would do is He would begin to uh, shift and, or I begin to identify, I mean, analyze and judge my thoughts and my purposes. See, it's amazing when I allow God to influence my life enough, my prayers enough, and my mode, and so that it even gets to the point of it begins to affect my motives, my my purposes, my the the thoughts. See, we can put on a, a good front out out and and the picture out front. That's why I challenge people always never never get into caught up in comparison, especially like social media is concerned. You know, everybody's putting on their best stuff. I mean, most, most people, they're showing when their kid wins and they're showing, you know, I didn't post videos of my son when he's playing shortstop when he bobbled the ball that would have been the third out to win the game and go on to the state tournament. No, I, I, I post a home run. I mean, I post a play that I helped him achieve to, to be able to do. I threw all those ground. I mean, you know, we, we, we posted, I, you know, when Kenzie was running barrels, I mean, I was posting pictures of her best times most of the time. Most of the time, we, we didn't, we didn't, when she knocked a barrel over and, you know, and all that stuff, I didn't post those and go, wow, look at my, I posted the best life. See, 
A lot of times we put on this front out, out in front that's perfect. And, 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 so, and what, what God's Word will begin to do is He's willing to look past that, and obviously He can see past that. But what the Word of God helps to do is it helps us to see that so that we can be helped. It doesn't do me any good to, to be blind to my weak spots. It's good that I know them so I can fix them. And so that I can work for work work, and that's the active that the reality of God's word being worked in my life. When I was praying, God, when my wife and I were first married, and we were button heads, and I was saying, God, you got to change her. God, you got to fix her. God, you see what she's doing. And all of a sudden, when when I was willing to hear God say, "What about you, big boy?" He'd say, "God doesn't talk like that." Well, that's the way I heard it. You know, I was 20 years old and, and, and fighting with my wife and, you know, we're selfish and, and immature and a bunch of kids and we had no clue and, you know, and we're button hit and I'm praying, God, you got to change her. And he said, what about you? And I went, well, I don't want to talk about me. I'm not the problem. But see, the Word of God begins to reveal. So what's the Word of God? God would lead me through and show me, hey, buddy, you're selfish. Hey, buddy, you're jealous. Hey, buddy, you're prideful. Hey, buddy, you're whatever. I mean, we can, get, we, can, we can get a big old long list of all the things that I was and can still be, but the Word of God reveals those things. That's the power of the Word, and, and it'll begin to shape our lives. You know, this book in the history book to me, it's a, it's a daily manual. It's, it's something that enables me to do business right. It enables me. I was, uh, I was talking to somebody, and they were, they were dealt a very difficult thing in business. You know, they, they, they had, uh, had held this thing for a long time, take, taking care of this. I'm going to be very careful how I say this. But in the midst of that, all of a sudden it was jerked away. And they, they could have responded in a very negative way. By many, by many people's standards, you say, well, I, you have a right to be mad, to rip them, rip them one, you know, and, and you, have a, you have a right to give them a piece of your mind. And then you ought to think about how much of your mind you need to be letting go of. You better keep all them pieces. But, but, but you know, you're justified, but that doesn't mean it's right. And so God begins to work on us. How do we respond where business is concerned, where relationships are concerned? And we're, you know, guiding and directing, allowing the Word to, to affect us. You know, uh, why, why, do we, why do we need to feed on the Word on a constant basis? Because it'll, it'll uh, help, it'll shape who we are and how we think. Uh, let's look at Romans chapter 10. I also want to pull this one up. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. I want to pull it up on the Amplified as well. And uh, you can turn to it uh, in your Bible um, as well. But he says, so faith comes by hearing. First of all, that's what we, we, need to, we need to realize and think about. The Word of God, the, the message of the Word of God, the speaking of the Word of God, that's how, we, how faith comes. He says, faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that comes from the lips of Christ, the Messiah Himself. So faith comes from hearing the message about Christ. 
When, when we're reading the Scripture, even, even further back in, well, from beginning to end, it's a, it's a revelation. It's painting the picture of who Christ is. He, we, we referred to Moses. Moses was a type of Christ. He was not a complete picture, but he was a partial picture. You add that with Joseph and, and uh, Gideon and, and uh, David and, and Solomon, and you start adding all these, all these layers to all these people, and then they become a better picture of who Christ is. In the New Testament, Jesus walked the earth, the four Gospels, the book of Acts, the, 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 the disciples are, are living and doing the works that Jesus did, and then, and then the building of the church, all the way through is talking about Christ. And so, so Christ, the message of Christ is from beginning to end throughout the Word of God. And that Word being alive and, and, and living, He says, faith comes by hearing that Word. But let, let me also challenge you with this. Just like words are producing faith, words can also produce fear. Words can also produce uh, other emotions or other things as well. Faith comes by hearing the Word, and the wrong words heard will also produce fear in you. You know, there's a, there's a lot of voices, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of... Uh, places that we can receive our input, but the best place to receive the input of how you're going to walk and live your life is by trusting in the Word of God. You can focus on uh, the negative, you can focus on the fears, or you can focus on the Word of God. I'll just leave that. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that verse, but that verse right there is one, if you struggle with fear, you need to understand that verse and have that one as words to combat the, and, and to overcome that, that spirit of fear. God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, then I'm not going to have a spirit of fear because I'm a child of God. The, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of me. 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Well, why would I fear? David talked about it in the Psalms. Why should I fear what man can do to me? Man, I'm a child of God. So, but he did give us not fear, but he gave us power. And timidity is the same word. Sorry, NIV says timidity. King James says fear. Uh, but gives us a power, the power of love and, and self-discipline. Those are good things. So how is the Word of God uh, shaping us? Look at Matthew chapter 16. I love this. I love this passage, in, these passages here in, in Matthew chapter 16 because, and, I, and I, I know I've preached this a lot or brought this out plenty of times if you've heard me a lot, but, but Matthew chapter 16, Jesus has His disciples and He challenges them with the question. He says, who do men say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, oh, well, okay, wait a minute, first of all, I, I only had him put those verses up there. Prior to this, Jesus asked him, said, who do men say that I am? So who's the world say? Who's all these other people say that I am? See, there's a lot of people who make, make claims about what God is, who God is, what He says, and they reason things out. But when it all boils down, it comes to this question, verse 15, but what do you say? Who do you say that I am? What do you say? That's what Jesus is asking him. He says, I know what all the world says. The world says a lot of things, but what do you say? Now listen, this doesn't mean that we just pick any old thing, but it does identify the importance of us having solid and a determination of this is what God says, and this is what God's speaking to me. And all, again, 
It's not independent for you. I had a guy one time tell me, he said, well, you know, I was sharing the gospel with him, sharing Christ with him and, and uh, talking about how to be saved. He said, well, me and, me and God, gotta, we got a deal worked out. And I went, really? So you got a special deal? Like, like, yeah, like, you know, the, what's the State Farm commercial, the, the guy where they bring him all the gifts and say, man, I got the deal. See, we don't, no, no, we don't get special deals. We get one deal, and that's commit your life to Jesus Christ, believe on Him. And uh, like Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, and uh, that's how we get saved. But so it's not important what I say if it contradicts the Word of God. But it's very, very important that I take what the Word of God says, and it's mine, not just what somebody else says. So separating those two. He goes on in, in verse 16, says, uh, Simon Peter answered, he says, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And I mean, it's like the, 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 it's like the heavens opened. It's like the sun wasn't shining, but now it is. It's like this moment in time. And yet this wasn't the first time that, that word, those words had been said. And I've never preached it quite like this until it hit me Friday during the middle of my, that, my 630 Bible study. All of a sudden I saw it different because the different, and I knew, I've always taught it, that he, it was revealed to him, showed, yeah, yeah, yeah. But notice Jesus all of a sudden made a, res a, a response that was different. He says, what about you? What do you say? Simon Peter said, you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, replied, blessed are you, or blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. The, the thing was, this idea of Jesus as the Messiah was, was not the first, this wasn't the first time that they talked about this. I mean, remember the, the disciples, the first time when Jesus came by and, and, and He asked them to go with Him, some of them went to their buddies, went to others, and they said, they said I, think we, I think the Messiah, I think the one we've been waiting on, I think I just met him. You got to come, got to see this Jesus guy. Man, I think these are the Messiah. So this was not a new statement, but it all of a sudden had a different weight when it was revealed by the Father in heaven. And see, that's what the living word, Hebrews 4 12, that's the difference. See, I can, you and I, and you've probably experienced this, you've been reading the Word of God. And you've been studying the Word of God, and all of a sudden it's like it jumps off the page and slaps you. It's like it jumps off the page or it's illuminated all of a sudden. The song, illuminate, illumine me. Y'all, that's another word you can use in your this week's uh, assignment. Find a way to put that into a conversation. Illumine me. Okay, so I, I did that for you that are new. I did that the other, not too long ago. I, I forget what the word was. There was some... King Jamesy kind of churchy kind of word that we never ever use. And I said, make sure you figure out a way to get that into your into a. Uh, I have never had anybody say I, I used that this uh, this week. I'm trying to remember what that word was. Doesn't matter. But the point being, notice how all of a sudden something changed when the word was revealed to Peter. All of a sudden, everything changed because the Word became alive, it became living, it became active in Him. See, here's the thing. The Word that we read, the Word that God speaks, the Word that we obey, see, it's just like the Gospel. It's just like Jesus saves, Jesus forgives, Jesus heals. You can kind of say, ah, 
you can kind of keep that at arm's length. You you know feel like you're probably okay, but but yet but what happens when it becomes alive to you all of a sudden? I remember specifically the time when I was sitting on about the third, second, I was probably maybe the second row at the Glory Barn down in, 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 uh, in Watonga on our ranch when there was a, a speaker speaking and, and he was just preaching along, but it was that moment when I said, okay, God, I'm yours. I was probably saved. I, if I'd have died, I probably would have went to heaven. I, I mean, I'm not going to judge uh, my, my spirituality, any of that. But there was, a, there was a meet God kind of moment where he challenged, and I, he wasn't specifically challenging me, but I made a decision, and I wouldn't even, I didn't even, I think, for some reason, I think I was inside, and there was nobody in the rows in, in front of me, and I just moved the chair out of the way. I went straight up. When he, when he had an altar call, and he said, he said, come forward for prayer. Today's the day. I don't even remember what he said, but I remember the moment, the life change, the transformation. All of a sudden, I wasn't keeping God at arm's length anymore. All of a sudden, I was saying, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. I know Dakota had that kind of a moment. Uh, I'm preaching along, not picking on any. Well, I, I always pick on somebody, but <laughs> I wasn't specifically nailing him, but the Holy Spirit was. See, and that's the cool thing is when we come in and, and we come to that moment where we're all of a sudden willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work into our life and we're willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to allow your word to shape me. I'm going to allow it to be alive and active. All of a sudden it says that it wasn't revealed to you by your Father in heaven. See, I don't reveal the word to you. I preach the word to you. But faith comes by hearing or the ability to hear and the willingness to hear and the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. And He, he, he makes those moments of transformation that all of a sudden we'll say, Okay, God, I'm, I'm ready to quit trying to do all this myself. I'm, I'm ready for, for you today to do something uh, bigger in me, to make a change, to make a difference in my life. I'm ready for you to start uh, ordering my steps and guiding my, my path. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I talked about how the people who are, are able to have that kind of a relationship with God, how differently they can walk through the same battles. You know, Jesus, He, he painted the picture of, of two houses one built on the sand, one built on the rock. The one built on the rock was the one who heard Jesus' words and put them into practice. I wasn't planning on using that verse. It's in the Gospels there. But he, he made that same. He said the wind came, the flood came, the issues came, and great was the fall of the one who had no foundation on God, and, and the one stood in the midst of it. Why? Because they put their trust in God. They allowed the Word of God, Jesus' words, to be put into practice. He allowed His words. See, here's the thing. What, what, and and the challenge, one of the challenges that I have to, for you is what do you, what words are you allowing to shape you? Are, are you listening to words that say, I can't? I remember people who said, I can't. I, I don't, there's a lot of times they said, I couldn't. And it could have been any number of things. 
Or I, and, and then I also remember those times where there was words of encouragement. One of the things I thought about this morning is going through when I was a, uh, a senior in high school and, and getting my state farmer degree in FFA. You, you do the big scrapbook. Those of you that have been involved in that, you just great. I guess they still do it that way. Probably do digital stuff. Back when I was back in the you know in the old days, uh, you know it had had this. Uh, it was all paper, and you know you had copy and paste and all this stuff. Well, so but we had to get letters of recommendation. And I remember some of the, I, I, and I forget who all it was, but I remember one in particular, and the words that he said that were positive in about me and and why I deserve that degree or why I did that was huge in affecting me and confidence where confidence and that was needed because there was way more people saying you can't than there were people saying you could there was there was plenty of reasons why I shouldn't have been one thing or another uh, but there was those voices those words that said I could See, sometimes the only good, positive words you may have in your life might just, be, might just come from here. But I can tell you this, that if we'll take the Word of God and allow them, to shape, allow them to shape us, they will shape us. And they'll cause us to go forward and cause us to succeed. So how are we being shaped by the Word? Um, first thing is, let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 9. One of the things that the Word of God, how, how it shapes us, is it shapes our image, self-image, or how we imagine things, how we see things. I want to look at this verse, um, uh, these, these passages in Matthew chapter 9. I love this because if we allow the Word of God, you know, I have no doubt God knows you. Like I've said before, He knows the hair on your head or the lack thereof. He He knows the, the He He knows uh, all your your idiosyncrasies. He knows all your strengths, all your weaknesses, and yet He still died for you. Yet He still loved you. In in, in in all the midst of that. But here's the thing that Jesus always did every time He was around somebody, is He brought them to a better place. He sometimes revealed sin or sometimes revealed a problem, but He never left them where they were. He always provided the, the help that was needed. And, and so Jesus here in, Mar in uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, 35, we'll, I'll read this. He says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. You know, the thing I love about this, this, uh, this passage is that Jesus saw the world for what it was. He saw the people for what they were. But yet he, he was able to look past them and their condition to see their true heart. That's not surprising because that's God. But what, here's what's awesome. If I want the Word of God to influence my image of the world, he, we can pray that prayer. In fact, this was when I, long, many years ago when I started ministry and, and, or really just committed my life to Jesus Christ. I said, God, give me the eyes of Jesus. Let me see the world with compassion like He does. 
You know, Jesus was compassionate enough to sometimes tell the truth in love. In other words, to reveal the problem. So he wasn't always nice. He wasn't always easy. He was, but he was always kind and always helpful. Sometimes those words cut to the quick. Sometimes they were difficult to hear. But the, but the reality of it was that here's the problem so we can fix it. And here's how you go forward. And see, the, the things that Jesus spoke, uh, or, the, or the way that Jesus saw this, this is what the Word of God working in our life will begin to do. It'll begin to shape our, our, our idea of the world, how we see things. It'll begin to transform and change us, to give us compassion, to give us an ability to endure the difficulties of life. Man, I tell you what. See, I can allow the Word of God to reveal and be at work in my life. It'll change and shape the image of the world around me. It'll also allow us to see them not as just problems, but as, like he saw them, shepherdless sheep. What are shepherdless sheep? They're just, yeah, shepherdless sheep. I'm going to make sure I say that right. That is a meal for a coyote, meal for a predator. It's amazing to me how many, how many coyotes I can have just on our place outside of the, just on the edge of Enid, coming up out of the creek and, and see right there, getting our, getting our chickens, getting our cats, uh, getting our, you know, getting calves if they, if they were out, out of the way where, if, where the cows could protect them, take care of them. You know, so th that that's the type of, of thing that we got that he saw. He saw them as helpless without the help of God. But thank God there is help. Thank God there is provision. God can be at work. He the other thing that, that he begins to reveal to us about our image is how we see ourselves. Let's look at Romans chapter three. You know, I think we have to be purposeful and we have to be continually reminded to walk with compassion towards the world because if you work in, in a, depending on your type of job, one of the reasons I love pastoring a church where I can continue to, to work in the world, you know, they say bivocational, whatever. Um, it, when I was full-time, when I was in full-time ministry in a church, in an office, surrounded by Christians all day, every day, what I had was uh, a, a lost connection with people that were battling the everyday elements of, of dealing with people. If you deal with people on a regular basis, you're gonna, you can become cynical. You, you can begin to be hardened to. You can begin to put everybody in one basket or, or, or whatever it be. But that's where uh, we got to learn to allow God to shape our view of the world. And, and we got to be reminded of that on, on a regular basis. But this Romans chapter uh, 3, the uh, understanding here, that the, or the word that Jesus, or not Jesus, the Apostle Paul was speaking... I love this uh, verse 22. He said, This righteousness is given through faith. Now we're shifting to how do we see ourselves. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all. Now some people just pause right there or stop right there and they just say, hey, everybody. But the apostle Paul didn't stop right there. He said, all who believe. So the righteousness, the, the love of God is extended to all, but the, the righteousness is to those who believe. And so um, we're, we're given that righteousness. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. So the ones who were, they were 
very aware of in of those who were born Jews or Jewish, who were God's chosen people, and those who were outside. That's what the Gentiles are, everybody else. So they had to accept Christ, but so did the Gentile or Jew. You know, everything that had been Old Testament now was, was run through and, and received by faith, no longer just by the rituals of man, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And so everybody was the same. Everybody was equal. And it was extended. That righteousness was given to all who believe. Therefore, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's nobody that is of the age of accountability. I mean, babies, I mean, if a baby dies early, they're, they're covered. They're taken care of. But we're all born in that sin nature. We're all in need of a Savior. We're all, it, it, it's, it's, you're not qualified because of works. It's received by faith in the Son of God. Uh, redemption came through, redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Verse 25, God uh, presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood. By the, to be received by faith. So that's, that's what we're remembering when we did communion earlier. So the, the first thing we got to understand is that, and we see in that, that verse 24, we're all justified freely by grace. We've been given that opportunity to receive Christ, but it's given based on His righteousness, His qualifications, His goodness, he became sin that we who knew no sin could receive Him. So we're justified. We need to see that. And justified means to be not guilty. You know, we need to understand, have that image. Because see, what the devil would love to do is to hold us into a bondage, into a place that says, well, you're not good enough. You can't receive it. That's for, that's for others, not you. That doesn't mean we continue in sin, but it just simply means that we receive Him we receive the righteousness that He's provided by faith. We have to say, God, I'm not good enough in my, on my own, but I'm not on my own. I'm justified by grace. I'm, I'm justified by, by Christ. I receive that through faith in Him. So that's that, that shaping of our, the way we see ourselves. Many people stand, stay away from God because they don't feel worthy. And, the, and that leads us right into Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, the, the, the other thing that we need to have in our, in our image of ourself is that we're, there's no condemnation. There's no banishing judgment. That, that, that God's not holding anything against us. Once we've received the salvation, we've received that, that provision. In the, in the movie, uh, The Overcomer, if, you, if, you ever, if you've never seen, it's one of the Christian movies. There's two brothers that, that make these movies, and they're kind of low budget, but God, they're powerful. I mean, they're not going to have big explosions and big powerful sets, and they're not perfectly done, but man, they're powerful. And the Overcomer is one, or I think it's just called Overcomer, um, but they're coaches. They're really inspirational. It's awesome. You can predict how they're going to end and all that stuff, but it's still awesome, okay? It's better than a Hallmark movie, guys, okay? It's not like it's... Yeah, I know. Some of you just really... That's Hallmark Channel's your favorite channel. No, it's, it's, it's not that. <clears throat> but they are good. So... Uh, I had to say that since it was so 
so plain. Every time my wife's got one of those Hallmark movies on, I'm going, okay, uh, you, you know how this is going to end. This guy, he's going to come in from the big city, and he's going to all of a sudden fall in love with this girl, and, and then he's going to save the town or whatever. Okay, like same thing every time. This movie's predictable, but it's powerful. I want to read as I close. There was, a, there was a young girl. She was a track athlete, and the coach comes in, and she's struggling and all this stuff. It go, but she accepts Christ. The principal leads her to Christ. What a powerful thing. And he, she gives her, a, the principal was a woman, and she gives this young uh, track athlete an assignment. Read Ephesians 1 and 2 and tell me what it says about you. Because she had an image problem. It says, I am created, uh, this is what she wrote after reading those two verses. She said, I am created by God. He has designed me, so I'm not a mistake. His son died for me, just so I could be forgiven. He picked me to be his own, so I'm chosen. He redeemed me, so I am wanted. He showed me grace, just so I could be saved. He has a future for me because He loves me. So I don't wonder anymore. That was, that was the power of the word that she received because to her, she doubted every bit of that. See, the important thing is we need to remember who we are and whose we are. <clears throat> I do want to close with a couple of questions to think about. When all the titles that, you, that identify you as a person, both good and bad, are stripped away, will the title of Christian still stand? So you could carry a lot of different titles. Good, mom, dad, you know, brother, sister, uh, employee of the month, business owner, uh, housewife, you know, you, you could have choir director. You could have many, many titles. But will Christian still be one of them? What about the negative titles? Divorcee, addict, mean, failure. What about all those? See, here's the wonderful thing. There's one title that matters, and that's Christian. Not because you put the badge on, not because you're a member of the church, but because you've made Jesus Christ Lord, truly Lord. And you know, I think that's the, the power of the Word of God that shape, should shape and mold us. We ought to come down to the end of it all like that gal came to the conclusion of, I'm wanted... I'm saved. I have a future. I'm created by God. I'm not a mistake. I'm forgiven. I'm chosen. I'm redeemed. All those powerful things that happen as a result of what Jesus did for us. You know, I don't think it was an accident that you all were here today, everybody who's here and everybody who's watching online. Everyone who will watch later on. I'm always amazed at how many people tune in. But I believe as this is shared and as, as, as you are analyzing your own life, I think it's, it's those moments like that that you have to make that decision like I did all those years ago to say, okay, God, today is the day. Today I'm going to make 
Jesus, Lord of my life. Maybe that's a first-time decision. Or maybe it's just that moment when you say, okay, God, I'm going be- to believe I am who you say I am. I'm forgiven. I am righteous. I am the one that, that you've called me to be. And I'll become and be all that, that God has called you to be. Allowing the Word of God to shape you and mold you. Let's go before the Lord in prayer as we get ready to close. And Father, I thank you and I praise you. You know exactly who's watching and you know exactly who's listening right here. And Father God, I thank you and praise you that, that throughout this message, you've been speaking words of life, words that are active, words that are, that are energizing, words that are freeing, that are, that are proclaiming the truth of your word. And Lord, those that are receiving have a choice. They can pass by this moment of time or they can absolutely absorb and use that word to become active to, to divide the things of, of their heart. And Lord, I praise you that, that Lord, for any who, are, who have just been keeping you at arm's length but are ready to, to fully embrace a relationship with you, I thank you. You know, you know exactly who they are, and you draw them in right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that as they make that decision to respond, that, Lord God, you're receiving them. I thank you for those that, that maybe have, have slipped away and fallen back but Lord, today they're going to make that decision to say, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm realigning my life. Of all the titles, I want the one of, of Christian to stand forever. And Father God, I praise you and I thank you for that. And Lord God, I just thank you and I praise you that if there's anybody who's never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that they can, they can truly, in their heart of hearts, pray this prayer to say, Lord Jesus... I believe in you. And Lord Jesus, I've heard the gospel today. I've heard what you provide, that you died for my sins. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. If you're praying that prayer, if you're saying that, that in, your, in your heart, then I believe that you're making that choice to be born again. Father God, I thank you and I praise you that we can also make that choice and that decision to say, Jesus your Lord over my life. Make me the man, make me the woman, make me the, the kid that I need to be for you. And Lord, I thank you that this is the beginning point of a new and better relationship with you. Father, I pray and I ask you that those that were praying that prayer in their heart, that they'd make that public declaration by contacting me, by getting with me. That Father God, that they'd make it and acknowledge it as difficult as it may be, as challenging it may be, You've told us to make that a public declaration. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you that you draw them in, you cause them to do that. And, Father, for those that are struggling in any other area, maybe it's image, maybe it's, it's whatever it is. Lord, maybe their relationship's strong, but they're just struggling. Father, I thank you and I praise you that the healing power of God and the ministry of your Holy Spirit would touch each and every life, those that are exhausted physically and mentally and emotionally, Lord, I pray for restoration in Jesus' name. Father, you know exactly who they are. They know exactly who they are. And Father, I pray that you minister to them the hope and the help of the, of the Holy Spirit be available to them today in Jesus' name. And Lord, they, they dare to, 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 to reach out.
and take the help and the provision of God today in Jesus' name. Now, Lord God, I thank you and I praise you that you continue to provide that help and that strength in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, I believe that uh, no doubt in my mind the, the, the Lord was really ministering today and I didn't call anybody out, but you're sure welcome to contact me, get a hold of me, and don't hesitate about those things. You know, you're, you're, the time and the moment's now. My wife will be available afterwards. You ladies, you want to pray or whatever, mom's always available. There's others that if you'd like prayer afterwards, we're, we're definitely available for that.